everyone, and welcome to the Super Semicast Bowl, the internet's premier podcast for all Super Bowl and Gridiron-related information. Now, I have the foremost expert for Gridiron with me today. It's Anthony Murphy. How are you? I like sports teams. Which sports team do you go for? The Denver... Go. You know what? You Denver's? Know, yeah. No. 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 In Denver, they have horses, and sometimes horses are called... Denver... Go. Equines? Yeah. Excellent. Perfect. All right. And who is in the Super Bowl today? Um, a bunch of guys that probably picked on me in secondary school. Yep. And who are being paid billions of dollars to throw football around. Right. But that's okay. They can only do it for a certain amount of time before, you know, they get too old and a bunch of new guys who'd pick on me in secondary school come around. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's Super Bowl day and that's how much we're going to cover it. Although All I knew is that there's a Guardians of the Galaxy teaser. I was there. I missed that. I was just, yep. um, I actually was actually watching a little bit of it today and I actually understand the rules, but I blame Don Lane for that. Right. We, Again with the Don Lane. Are we the only video game related podcast on the internet that has referenced Don Lane twice? Probably. We have to look out for our future um, basketball gridiron crossover game, Don Lane versus Sean Kemp one-on-one. I'm going to make that game. It's a NBA Jam special edition. Um, mm. Australian TV stars versus ex-basketballers. You either play as Don Lane or Sean Kemp. Or Don Kemp or Sean Lane. The only- Sean Lane sounds like it could actually be somebody. Yeah, a basketballer or an actor. No time to Google it now. How are you this fine Monday? I'm doing well. It's not 35 degrees at the moment, so this might be a podcast where I just don't get to sit in here and sweat. It's not raining and it's not hot. I like it when it rains. It's Melbourne between the two extremes. Yeah. Luke, give it for five minutes, it'll change. Our gutters might need a bit of a clean out, and we had to kind of get some bins underneath them and um, oh. collect some water. But that was Here's all Here's a tip sorted. from my cousin. Yeah. Don't use a high-pressure hose for that. Cleaning out the gutters? No. Let's go straight through. Is that if your gutters are rusty? Hmm. I don't think ours are rusty. Although, who knows? They probably are. That's probably why the water was pouring out. But we got that Possibly. sorted out. It's all good now. The rain didn't last that long. Or if you're like me, it's a little kid next door throwing his balls over the fence and they're landing in your gutter. Are you keeping the balls? Do you have a good ball collection? No, they get thrown over. Do you punch um, at them first and then throw them back? No. Just no, as like an usually, example to the rest of the balls? They stay for a week at here, this place, Casa Doreen or yeah. something. And then we send them back because we otherwise would be throwing them over all over the place. Just long enough for him to really think that the ball's gone and then suddenly it appears back and he thinks it's a miracle. Mm. Yep. You're introducing him to the concept of miracles early in his life. Yes. God gave that ball back to you because that ball has a purpose <laughs> and it's yet, yet to fulfill it. It died no, it's and just then that, six months um, later it's re- reborn out of a cave. Mm. That's the story, isn't it? I don't know. Although- Balls land in the side passage where the cat poops, so I'm not sure how much cat poop has inadvertently gone over the fence. Do you sometimes accidentally throw the cat poop back, or do you throw the cat no. poop back first, and he goes, no. oh. <laughs> I've Sometimes I've looked at a ball that's been awfully close to cat poop, and I've gone, yeah, well, you deserve this. <laughs> I'm actually lucky to even be recording myself uh, for two reasons. The first is I decided to rewire 
a lot of the office here because uh, I've got a couple of pieces of rack equipment and then I realized that, or I remembered that in the garage I actually had a 12U rack and I should probably start putting all, all the rack U equipment into the one spot because it was kind of all scattered mm. around and all wired up. So I pulled it out and I tried to jam it under underneath the desk and it was like a few millimeters too short. So I went out and bought some things to raise the desk up and I did all that and then I screwed all the, all the rack gear in and then realized that my Firewire cable that was connecting my audio interface to the PC was about a foot too short. So I had to move the PC. And then, as you probably know, that involved me having to rip some wires out and then start to rewire everything. And then I just decided, nope, I'm going to start fresh again. So I tore every single piece of wire out and I slowly put it all back in really, really neatly. Started with the network cable, then ran power then ran video, then ran audio, and all, all the rest of it. So now I have a lovely, perfectly wired rack and system here, but I only really finished it about an hour ago, which wasn't probably the, the best thing to do before we were recording a podcast. No, I'm surprised you're here. Yeah, me too. And I'm also surprised that I'm here because I had somebody call me from the lovely land of, quote-unquote, Telstra, to tell me that I was having some internet issues and I should jump right onto my computer and type some special codes into the command box, which was actually interesting to me because I'm not on Telstra. I'm on Optus. Mm. Did you? Well, I guess you didn't explain that to them. You kind of decided to fuck with them for a little while. Oh, yeah. I gave him a good 10 minutes. We went back and forth a little bit because he was trying to use phonetics to, uh, or what's the what's the alphabet where you kind of say the word that goes like, it's like E for Eugene and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I think, I think that is phonetics. Yes. Look out for a fully informatic next week on that. <laughs> exactly what that is. It's not semaphore. That's the other one. That's the flags. Yeah, he wasn't using flags. No. No video phone. No, but it, yeah, it took a bit of a time for him to get his oh, phonetics. I was going to say semaphore. Phonetics sorted out. But yeah, that was a little bit of a fun. Uh, I did need to test the recording equipment. So I, I threw the phone up against the microphone and recorded it, but the recording quality wasn't that great. We'll see if we can get another one at some point and maybe put it up yeah. on the podcast. We seem to get one a week here. Oh, awesome. We can make a mixtape. Yeah, no, I was thinking that would be fun. I just need to figure out a way to plug an XLR input into a phone and, and away we go. I was reading about it before and apparently old phones have old microphones that have electricity running through them. So it might be fun time, blow up the mixer. We're not careful. Is it 48 volt phantom power or is it something less than that? No, it's 48 volts. I don't think it's phantom power. I think it's something different. Ghost power? Probably, maybe. Yeah. But he jumped off the line real quick when I asked him what his phone number was eventually because mm. I was getting tired of the ruse. Yeah, like it tends to devolve into shouting and swearing long before that for me. I've, I've actually had one call me back once and threatened to sue me. <laughs> and then when I asked him what he was suing me for, he got mad at me and hung up. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on. They usually say something, like if, the, if they're from Telstra, I'll usually say, okay, if you're from Telstra, what's my account number then? And they, they don't have an answer for that. So that's, that usually ends it quick. And then does it end like the phone call I just had ended, which was just, uh, so can I have your phone? Beep, 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 mm. beep. Yeah. It was. However, if they call and they say they're from Microsoft or someone like that, I say, well, if you're from Microsoft, what operating system am I running? And then they usually say Windows 10. Nice. And then I say, no, nah, you've got two more guesses left. <laughs> then you can play for our bonus round. <laughs> you did um, the button on the far left of your computer says uh, control. And what's the next one? I think he was trying to deduce what type of computer I had Windows from the key. keyboard. Because I was playing yeah. dumb on what type of computer I had. I don't know. 
got a screen. Did you should say, it says OS2. It's got a, I've got an OS2 keyboard. It's got a terminal login. I don't know. It says next. Yeah. There's a picture of Steve Jobs on it. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was a bit of amusement before we began. Mm. But I'm here. Everything seems to be working. The lights are flashing in the correct order. And I don't have any super bad viruses from Telstra. So I'm pretty happy. Mm. How about you? I'm pretty good. I bought a compressor during the week, the same one as you. So ah. I'm enjoying my radio sound. Yes. The only seems to come with compressed audio. Yes, uh, it's our slippery slope, which will end up with you getting a rack and mm. wiring up a rack and then having to go shopping today and quickly dropping in and getting some uh, one new vented blanks so that your shit doesn't overheat. Mm. But it's Well, if my wife wanted to actually record something, this is only a single channel compressor, so we need another compressor. And then I would have to get another one because then, you know, mm. if we recorded here, then it's just... Is a, yeah. Then we'd have a rack of four compressors. <laughs> and, then we, and then we could get guests. Yeah. If you're a guest and you're out there, bring your own compressor. And microphone, maybe. No, we've got microphones. Yeah, we kind of do. It's like how when you were kids and if you're the older brother, you your younger brother had to play with the crappy controller. If you come on the podcast, you'll have to have the SM58. Which, on the plus side, that just means that you could dunk it into a glass of beer and it would still work. Please don't dunk my SM58 into a glass of beer. <laughs> Bring your own beer-soaked SM58. Mm. I've um, sung into my fair share of dinted SM58s. I think engineers must purposefully dint them so that they fit in. I've, I've never mm. seen one in the wild that's not my own that hasn't had a dinted outer casing. Do you know what an SM58 can use? Uh, nope. A nice flat spot. <laughs> that's where you rest your lip when you're singing. Mm. <laughs> As long as I didn't drop it on the back of the mic. No. (laughs) In which case, it'd look weird. Cool. So, compressors, you sounding all right? Yeah. Things were a bit uh, peaky in the last record, but I think we Mm. managed to get there in the end. Sorry, folks. Now I can shout and it doesn't doesn't get peaky. Try it out. Shout. No, I hate shouting into a microphone because I never know what to shout. Come on, come on. Get serious. What I will do is I'll turn around and shout and we'll see if the compressor keeps it at the same level. That's pretty good. Yeah, dude, look at that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Microphone dickery, the semi-cast. Mm. <laughs> Ten minutes of dumb microphone tricks. Your one-stop shop for microphone tricks, Super Bowl news, and um, scammer phone calls. And Sean Kemp and Don Lane games. Those are the pillars that we founded the site on, mm. and I'm glad that we're upholding them. Speaking of things we should probably uphold, have you been playing anything this week? been playing quite a few things, actually. I continued the what should I play on the train and the bus experiment on my DS. Uh, and I tried 999, nine hours, nine persons, nine doors. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Kind of like a, a room escape game, but on the DS with like a mystery behind it. It's kind of like multiple room escape games strung together. Yeah. Um, it's still a really good game, but it's terrible for playing on the train because a lot of the puzzles are um, timed and. There's pressure and you get distracted easily on the train. Audio cues. Mm. And so I just went straight back to Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, which appears to be the perfect train game because you can save and resume battles and it's turn-based. So if you're distracted, you don't have to um, pay attention to it. You just come back when it's when you, <laughs> you want to take your turn. How far through that did you get the first time that came out? Not very far, but um, I have a look. Like, I may have only got two or three hours, but I had a look at the save from our housemate, Mike, who's saved yeah. still on there, uh, and he got 110 hours into it. 
I would have put roughly the same. I got pretty far in. I don't think I ever got to the end. Uh, I don't even know if it has an end. If, yeah. if, if it just keeps going, I assume it does because it had a story. But no, I got mm. pretty far. Snowball for some fights. reason, I stopped and I can't remember why. It's one of those things you fall off. But that's mm. working out for you on the train. It's a good train game. That is working out for me. One thing I did fall back onto was Doom. On the train? Um, just No, not just on the train. demons shooting people on the train with BFGs? Yeah, something like that. If I start seeing demons on the train, you'll probably hear a lot from the transit police in regards to, <laughs> to, to my behaviour and why I'm being fine. He was yelling something about uh, quad damage and I couldn't quite make it suck out. Suck it down and all that. No, actually, that wasn't. Was that Quake? That was Quake or yeah. Doom was Suck It Down. I can't remember. So, yeah, that's pretty good. I finished it. Um, oh, you finished it and now? It's just, yeah, yeah, just lots and lots of violence until the very end. That's how it should be. Yeah. They, <laughs> Don't tell me how it ends. The, no, they give you a bunch of, b- bunch of berserk power, or at least one berserk power up near the end, and it's always fun. Because I'm trying to, like, so usually what happens when you move into an area is it does the same thing. It spawns a whole bunch of small guys, then the mid-range guys, and then the big guys, like yeah. the barons of hell and things like that. And so, like, the berserk power-up is always there in the arena that you're in. And as you run past, you just look at it, make sure it's still there, and have a look <laughs> at what you're fighting and try to figure out, is it the right time to use the berserk power-up? Usually when the Mancubus guys come out, that's the right time to use the Berserk power-up and yeah. you go from running around shooting to just, like, grabbing things and just ripping <laughs> their heads in half. Punching like them all in of the, the face. best moves are sort of, you know, they're gated behind the Berserk power-up. So the like- first time you get it, which is early on in the game, I grabbed it by accident because I was jumping up on something and I, and I saw it and I go, like, oh, my God, I've got this thing. And just I just was running around, ripping things' heads off punching things and this is the best it's such a fun toy to play with mm. i was sat through the end credits as well which kind of has a sort of a motion graphics feel oh, where yeah. they have sort of limited animation but they kind of posed scenes that they're sort of moving along in time with their music and it made me realize that the whole game has like a very early 80s 2000 ad style to it kind of like that sort of judge dread hyper violence sort of young boys will find this cool and, and funny. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's a, a documentary that I've watched called Future Shock, The History of 2000 AD, and the intro credits to that and the outro credits to Doom are very, very similar. It's just that whole violence for its own sake, but it's kind of funny in a weird way, but yeah. not kind of funny at the same time. It's so over the top that you can't help but laugh. It kind of knows what it's doing. Mm. It is trying to be serious to a certain extent, but then, but not much. Yeah, it's like when Judge Dredd executes someone for having sugar in their house. You kind of go, that's not right, but kind of weird and funny at the same time. And fair, you know. He's nothing if not fair. Well, in the ravaged future of Mega City 1, we can't afford to be handing out sugar to everyone. No, that's right. And also, it's a, I think it's an illegal narcotic in the Judge Dredd universe. I'd have to go back and check. Mm. So, uh, there was that. I played more Resident Evil in short sort of... Spurts. This is Resident Evil 7. Yes. Um, Resident um, e- E7 Vul Biohazard. Yes. Is it, was it, what mm-hmm. is it? Like E. That's the one. Uh, Keep going. I. E. I. V. No. E. I. You're I- almost there. I. V. No. E. I. V. L. I. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Give me an E. e. Give me a V. <laughs> e for Edward. V yes. for Veronica. <laughs> Resident Evil Phonetics game coming soon to you. <laughs> so I. To a point where the game actually, like, I went through what I assumed to be was like, like, I assumed the game had started, but it's quite obvious they were still tutorializing at me looking back. Yep. And in just in the tutorial, some shit happens in that game that is like, 
really sort of, yeah. Like, without spoiling anything. Yeah, yeah. It's like an ordeal to get through the opening tutorial. Okay. I'm still very like, much thinking about getting that game and trying it out. I haven't played one in a long, long time, and but this seems like the one I should do. It's the type of game where if your son came in while you were playing it, he would remember it for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Let me teach you a lesson, son. Mm. So, yeah, now the game's actually started, and it's kind of interesting in that it's almost a stealth element where there's hardly any monsters except for sort of, I guess, named characters. And so they will kind of wander the area, uh, and as you move from room to room, you can either hide or engage them yep. uh, if you want, but it, I'm not sure you can actually kill them. And so there's just been times where I've just, like, I've walked into a room, and I've searched it for stuff, and I've come out, and one of them is down the other end of the hallway from me, facing away from me, and I've been thinking, if if he had been facing in the other direction, he would have seen me, and... I don't know what I would have done yet because the game hasn't given me a weapon yet. <laughs> Shine your torch at him very brightly. Mm, I don't even have a torch. Oh, okay. Then you should probably so, yeah. look for one of them. Yeah, that, that game is, is... You don't see a lot of this is the evolution of the genre these days, but that is the evolution of the horror genre. It com- so well combines elements of Resident Evil, Silent Hill, I guess some lesser-known titles like Siren, which is a Japanese horror game. Yeah, it's, it, and so, it is a bit of a departure for regular Resident Evil in that you're mm. not a mercenary in this one. Like you're, uh, you're, you're not the Jill Valentine. I mean, this is coming from someone who hasn't played the game, and I've kind of mm. read a little bit. But it doesn't seem like you're the um, the badass who's come to this house and I can kind of handle myself a little bit. Yeah, you're not the member of the Special Police Operations Group Stars, you mean. Yes, Although there was a game called Resident Evil Mercenaries, so you're sort of on the, oh, well, on the right track there. Or if it's Resident Evil 4, you're protecting the president's daughter. Again with the president. You should mm. just combine all the president's games and make them all canonical. And it's just a huge timeline. Yeah, yeah. Just all the different presidents. And then they could make a video. Oh, we should do a video game. President's Mount Rushmore with the best presidents of all the games. I guess, yeah. I don't know if you could create a game that has like terry cruz president from idiocracy in it Dwayne elizondo mountain dew camacho awesome that would be a lot funnier if we weren't really close to that actually happening now no that's right that movie's a little bit depressing there yes brought to you by carl's jr um so I went and played a bit of Grand Theft Auto Five. I'm moving through the story. Yes. Uh, I wasn't really impressed with the radio stations until I found one that has Fortunate Son on it. Does it play that in helicopters while you're... Uh, I haven't had a chance to fly many helicopters yet, but I'm going to try to track it down when, it, when I do. Do the helicopters have radios? Uh, I'm not sure. I've only done a couple of short helicopter things. Um, because Trevor usually flies the helicopters and usually playing as Michael or Franklin because they're doing the shooty part. Yeah. So I guess I've done it once and I didn't pay much attention to it and it might have been on a main mission. And the last time I tried to break into the airport, like you used to in other Grand Theft Auto games, a lot of cops appeared out of nowhere almost immediately. So I played some um, multiplayer with Chris as well. Yes. And so I logged in and a guy immediately tried to run me over and so I ran into like a little alleyway that he couldn't fit into because there were bollards there and just shot at his car a lot until he drove off. And then sort of Chris and I managed to get into the same game, but it took a little bit of Googling and looking up. Eventually we figured out that one of us could start a private lobby and invite people 
And there are sort of things you like the lobby is the actual game. So there's things you can do. We sort of drove around and Chris blew up my car on purpose. Uh, on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we then we sort of held up a store and escaped from the cops. Um, but that's sort of almost secondary, like it's lobby stuff. What they want you to do is they want you to do the jobs. And they don't really do a good job of providing you with much to do early on. You kind of have to do the multiplayer versus stuff, which isn't really what we wanted to do. We wanted to do co-op stuff. Oh, okay. Um, but eventually, sort of since I'd been playing a little bit, I hit level five and it opened up for me and I was able to get some co-op jobs. Mostly stealing cars at this point, like, hey, there's this guy who repossesses his car and you sort of have to go there with your uh, your friends and repossess his car and you can set difficulties and get more money and get more experience points and stuff like that. Do you get less experience points if you arrive and the car's on fire? Uh, I think you might. I'm not sure. He didn't seem too fussed. Um, that your car was on fire? That, yeah, that there was a lot of a lot of bullet holes in the car <laughs> when, we, when we delivered it. A lot of bullet holes, one flat tire, and you were playing Fortune Son. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm at a point now where I have to do like a story mission in the multiplayer for one of the characters who's in the single-player game, and I've tried it twice, and twice... So the mission is, is that uh, one of you, or there's four of you, two groups, one group is going to dress up like the bowlers and go and shoot up a rival gang's cars, and the other group is going to dress up like the rival gang and go and shoot the bowlers' cars up. So you're trying to start some kind of war. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my guy and I have gotten into our car and he's driven off and I've pulled out my SMG and we're, we're going along. Twice now, the other team has failed their objective, which has failed the mission for us too. Oh, so I haven't okay. passed that yet, which is strange. Yeah. You would think that you um, would, if you were still holding up your end of the deal. Yeah. you. It's, it's kind of frustrating in a way because you can see how a Grand Theft Auto multiplayer game would be fun, but they kind of gate it behind stuff that people who don't like versus games don't find fun. Yeah. Because that's all we really wanted from those games was to have mm. those experiences but be able to do it cooperatively. Yeah. And for that, Saints Row was a sort of a superior game, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Saints Row was a good fun one that you could just jump in. I think it handled it reasonably well. Yeah, it was seamless. Jump in, jump out. Yeah. I remember Chris would play as um, a, a a woman with a very square jawline. <laughs> Uh, and I would play as uh, he looked kind of looked like a sh- uh, English sheep farmer, um, and we were partners in crime for two or three Saints Row games. We would drive around and uh, and complete the storyline together. Yeah, um, I think it's almost time for another Saints Row game to find its way out. I don't know if there is hmm. a space for it in the world at the moment, but I think there might be. There probably is, but. You got to remember that who was it? Who went out of business? It wasn't now, THQ went out of business. And THQ, they sold that's business. right. And um, I think it's Volitiona with Blue. No, was it Blue Silver? Uh, Deep Silver. Deep Silver. Uh, no. I don't know. I have to check. Fully informatic. Yeah, fully informatic. Yeah, they are. Oh, there you yeah, go. Deep. I got it right. They're, they're called Deep Silver Volition there. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're working on. Maybe and maybe another. Um, what's that game they had set on Mars? Red. Something. Dawn? No. I just made that up. The one where the first game on the PC, you could, like, tunnel through things. Oh, Red Faction? That's it, Red Faction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I knew if you gave me a little bit of extra information, I could probably guess it. it. I was just like, Dawn? I don't know. Apparently they made a Punisher game at one stage. That's interesting. Punisher should have been an unlockable character in Saints Row. Yeah, well, Rowdy Roddy Piper is, so... And Burt Reynolds is. Uh, So the last thing... 
I played is uh, for the site. I did a video, and it probably won't make it to the site this week, but maybe next week. Is uh, I looked at Dark Dreams Don't Die, which is Swery's um, game that he did for the Xbox One, which has now made its way to PC. Yeah, sort of an episodic season game, but only season one ever came out, and that's out there. That game. <laughs> I don't want to say too much about it because I want people to watch the video, but um, yeah, it's it's. A strange, strange game. Which is perfect for Sweary. Yeah. He's a special character. Like, I like Deadly Premonition a lot, um, but I had forgotten how his particular brand of logic works. Um, I played, I think, the first hour of Deadly Premonition, and I liked it, mm. but I didn't continue on with it. I was playing it on the PC, but it was having a couple issues. So, I, now I've got the Xbox sitting here next to me. I might jump back in and play it on the Xbox. Did you go and stare through people's windows? Because uh, you can do that. I don't think I got to that, no. Right. There's two games so, I really want to play on Xbox 360, Deadly Premonition and Azura's Wrath, which I have them both. They're both oh, sitting right. here, and I'm ready to go, but just haven't gotten time to do it yet. I will say this, that the main character you play uh, has a woman living with him who kind of dresses in a leotard and a bow, kind of like a cat, and she behaves like a cat, and she occasionally brings food. And he doesn't know how she managed to move into his house. Is her name Fluffy? No, her name is Amanda. Yeah, yeah. You can you could also name a cat Amanda. Yeah. And the first time she shows up she has a mouse in her mouth. That's a cat. Hmm. This is apparently normal. Oh yeah. Is this set in the future? No, no. The funny thing is they do freaking um late title credits as well, like twenty oh. minutes into the game. So it's kinda of like it a movie. L- yeah. Well, it's kind of like a 90s TV show. It's got a similar theme, and then it just runs through all the main characters and shows pictures of them, like, posing as they would in, like, the Full House t- title credits. <laughs> but that's how his games are. It's kind of like a Japanese person has watched a lot of Western films and is like, I'm yeah. going to make a game like that, and it's going to kind of be Pulp Fiction, but mm. not be. Yeah, well, Deadly Premonition was kind of Twin Peaks, but there was also the scenes where Francis York Morgan would explain... Movies like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes to you while you were driving around in your car. So it is Pulp Fiction. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> anyway, that's all I'm going to say about Dark Dreams Don't Die. Watch the video. Uh, it's strange. Cool. How about you? Uh, me? I haven't been playing that many different things, uh, but I have been spending a lot of time with Fire Emblem Heroes. That's the new iOS Fire Emblem game. Mm-hmm. Developed by Intelligent Systems and published by Nintendo. It's the second, uh, third, uh, actually, I believe, uh, game published by Nintendo for iOS. First one being the Mitomo Me thing, which I played for way more time than I should have. I've got a me that looks like me who's wearing some cool sunglasses and likes to win fashion awards. Right. Uh, yes. Is his name Helmut Kruger? That'd be funny for to get a Helmut Kruger kit for Matomo or any game like that. Mm. Um, So, no, this is Fire Emblem Heroes, and I haven't ever played a Fire Emblem game. This is my first, uh, so I don't know a lot of the lore, and I don't know a lot of what to expect from a systems perspective, I suppose. On the lore side, I don't think that's really a big issue because this this game seems to be a best-of game of, of sorts. You've got characters that are referenced in other games all the way through this, I think. Yep. Uh, there seems to be that all the characters from all the old games, like uh, Marth and Roy and Robin and all those kind of guys, uh, they've seemed to have been brainwashed by this higher power and they're fighting for them, but then you 
beating them breaks them out of that trance and then they go along their way. So it's kind of, it is introducing you to the broader Fire Emblem world, but in a very bite-sized package. I have since starting Fire Emblem Heroes, I have started Fire Emblem Awakening, but I'm only like half an hour in, but I've at least been exposed to it enough that I can kind of see which systems are carried across from the 3DS version to the iOS. So you boot up Fire Emblem Heroes and it actually asks you to uh, link your Nintendo.com account, which is actually good because... That means that, that the data that you save on your phone, you can then load that, that same game onto your iPad and your place will still be there. The syncing's really quick and it kind of works, which is great. The bad part about that seems to be that if you choose to delete your local save data, which I've done because I wanted to change my name because I was dumb and just wrote my surname in as my nickname and every time they were referring to me as Shaq, that was a bit weird. <laughs> so I decided to um, delete it and start again. But the thing is, if you delete your local save data on your iPhone, it actually renders the installed app useless. It actually, rather than kind of you just creating new save data, it says, no, you need to re-download and install the whole app again, (laughs) which is dumb. Nobody's ever explained to Nintendo the separation of application and data. No, and it's not like that it deletes the app when you delete the data. Like The app's still there, and it looks for all intents and purposes that, you could just launch it again. So I just launched it again and it said, no, you can't. And then just shut it down. I was like, that was a bit weird. Launch it again. Said, no, you need to re-download the app. Shut it down. I've never seen this before with an iOS app. Hmm. So I don't know what they've done or if that is working as planned, but that's not the way to make an app, everyone. If you're making an app, don't do not do it that way. Don't. No. The other thing I found with it is it, it doesn't use your Nintendo.com account to its fullest. It doesn't automatically bring in a friends list so you can play with your friends or you can load your friends' games in because part of the game is fighting against other players, but it's not real-time one-to-one fighting. Is it asynchronous multiplayer? It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't message Reggie fils when you get an achievement uh, or something? <laughs> no, right. thankfully for both Reggie and I, it doesn't. Um, so instead, they use that archaic 10-digit randomly generated numeric friend code thing that you have to either write out or tweet out to somebody to become your friend. You can't search for people's real names and you can't import it, which is fine for a mobile game, but it'd actually be fine in this instance. But there's no other option. There should be, like, if they are going to link it with your Nintendo.com account, at least give me the opportunity to bring in my friends who might also be playing the game. It's just... Mm. There's actually a good game in here, but there's so many little oversights like that which are in the way. Um, So the game seems to be a little bit of a stripped-down Fire Emblem, but not too much. All the characters are there and all the moves are there. It's a four-player team, and you fight against either teams of, I found, three or four, depending on what the story is. Uh, The touch screen works really, really well for actually moving characters around so much so that when i went back and played the 3ds one i found that was a little bit antiquated because you had to use the d-pad to move your cursor around and select your characters and all that kind of stuff whereas on the phone you just click and it instantly gives you your ranges you know blue for movement red for attack and green for buffs and simply dragging your character over another one initiates an attack or a buff and supers happen automatically so it is a really simple control scheme for the game Mm. The games are really, really short, so they're only, kind of, you would say, two to five minutes long, so you can just jump in, do a game, and get out. So um, I've recently 
hit my first character to level 20. And I am starting to, I think at level 20 is your the bit where it opens up different character progressions. And I am starting to find the edges of the um, mobile free-to-play game systems. This is that thing yep. where there's just heaps of different currencies in, in the game. And, you know, to upgrade your character to a four-star to a five-star character, you need... 2,000 of these feathers and 500 of these special gems and then there but to get the gems you need to do these trials and then but to get the feathers you need to play the other version of the game and Ah. there just seems to be too much of that management and I think because it's not this perfectly crafted 20 hour story it is very much built to be no you're in this for the long haul was it free or do you have to pay for it no it's free right but there are free to play bits sorry there are purchase bits in there which you don't necessarily have to do. Uh, there's a currency called orbs, and you use orbs for summoning new characters. So you go into the little summoning section, and you pay five orbs, and you can summon a random character. And then it goes, if you would like to summon another character, it's cheaper. It's four orbs. So then, then I think your next three are four orbs, and then the last one's three orbs. So if you want to summon five characters, which it only lets you summon five characters at the one time, it's 20 orbs. And I think the more you get more chance you get at getting a a higher ranked character so either a four star or a five star character but the way to to earn these orbs are to work your way through the missions which give you one each or you can buy them with real money three orbs is three dollars and i think you can spend all the way up to 120 bucks for 80 orbs or something you'll be a fire emblem whale that really kills it when you sort of find the limit like that and you go well i guess this is as far as i'm going yeah, because it is a good game. I am really, really enjoying it. So I think like what this is going to do is it's just going to make me want to play regular Fire Emblem more. So I might hmm. be jumping from this across to Fire Emblem Awakening. Here we go. So three orbs is $2.99, and it goes all the way up to 140 orbs for $119.99. Hmm. And it says, be, well. be aware that orbs purchased on operating systems other than the iOS are not compatible and cannot be used on iOS devices. The only game that I've found where the free-to-play stuff wasn't intrusive was Warframe, where they sell everything, but you can get everything just by playing. The only thing that you can't get is kind of more slots for more frames. I'm, I'm not, because the game, I don't think I paid for it, I'm not really against throwing them 15 bucks, you know, every couple of months for a few slots so I can you know, keep some weapons and warframes, but yeah, it's a real tricky point to find that area where you're not going to push people away. Yeah, and there's other games where the free-to-play things are just cosmetic. I know in mm. uh, Let It Die, you can purchase uh, premium lift passes. So there's a lift that you can use between every second floor, it seems. But there's two lifts that you can take. One's this gold lush lift, and one's this hacked up regular, like you slide the metal grade apart and jump in. And But you can pay to use the fancy lift, but it doesn't get you anywhere further. It just gets mm. you a fancier lift to be in, and it gets you uh, a fancier train to be in when you need to travel to other places. So it's kind of like basically saying, look, this game's free, but if you want to give us some money, here's a couple of things. It's not going to break the game. Yeah, and that's usually the ones that I play for the sort of longer amount of time. The only other one I would accept is like regular content. So say... Dungeons and Dragons Online charging five bucks for a pack full of a couple of dungeons, things like that. Yeah, yeah. And also, um, I like in Titanfall that you can 
purchase add-ons for the game, but they don't give you anything extra other than skins mm. and just different ways. Hats. Yeah, it's kind of like hats. You get different executions for your Titan and you get different skins, but nothing that's breaking the game for somebody else. No, I want to buy actual hats for my Titan. That'd be awesome. Just like, is my Titan wearing a backwards baseball cap? I would get a um, one of those hats with the horns. Oh, yes. And then I would want to run at other Titans and use it as a weapon. But that'd break. What if you could buy a Sean Kemp basketball jersey for your Titan? I would so buy a Sean Kemp basketball jersey for my Titan. Or those shoes that he bought out. <laughs> oh, what were they called? Thunders. Thunders? Reebok Thunders, I think. Something like that. They should just Fully do that. They, next week. they should just do that. Just do dumb stuff. Like, let me have the latest Jordans for my Titan. Mm. I want that. Let me have a pair of Ray-Bans. Ray-Bans should get on that and make sunglasses for Titans. They'd be, like, weird because the Titans generally only have the one eye. It'd be a monocle or something like that. <laughs> a monocle and a top hat is what I want for my Titan. There you go. And a cane with a, a skull on it with rubies in the eye. And a um was a and a leopard skin robe, the pimp. Right, a titan. cane that has a skull, but the skull also only has one eye. And also a hat on the cane. You, there you go. We've just made Titanfall a bunch more money. It's just levels. You're welcome. See us for licensing rights, EA. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've been spending a lot of time with Fire Emblem Heroes, and that's been good. It's been eye opening to the Fire Emblem world, and I think that's what I needed to just to push me into playing mm. the other one, Fire Emblem Awakening. I'm not sure if there's one after that or not, but that's the one I've got. So I bought it but never played it. Yeah, I've been on the fence about a 3DS. Nobody seems to be selling them except EB Games anymore. So I'm going to keep an eye out the next time I'm at Costco. Yeah, sometimes Costco has them. Just It just depends. I've seen Wii's mm. and Xboxes and stuff there. but They have a dedicated sort of section for that thing every time I've been there, but it's just what they're stocking. I kept an eye out for the PlayStation Pro uh, when I was there last time. Uh, but no, they didn't have it in stock. I'm sure that they'll be making more of those, at least. Mm. Apparently, they had their best ever sales period over the last couple of months. Uh, Who, Sony or Costco? Um, Sony. Right. Costco may have. I don't really follow Costco financials, but apparently Sony had their best sales period for PlayStations ever, and that's for PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, 3, and 4, which is good. Well done, Sony. Yes. Claps and handshakes all around. More consoles means more games. Mm. Hopefully all good games. We have a 1.8 kilogram container of jelly beans that we got from Costco that we're probably going to bring to our next gaming day because we can't think of any other way to get rid of them. (laughs) So you're just going to inflict that on everybody else. Yep. I guess they're Costco rip-off Jelly Belly jelly beans, but they're made by the Jelly Belly people. So you can sort of mix different flavors to make... So they're white-labeled. yeah, I guess. Well, no, they got the logo on them and everything. So. What, Jelly Belly? Yeah. Okay, so they're just bulk Jelly Belly. Yeah, but they've also got the Costco Kirkland label on it, which is oh, Costco's okay. kind of home brand. Yeah, yeah. So you get all sorts of weird shit like that. Cool. Mm. I'm surprised you stopped at one kilo. 1.8. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. You didn't stop at one kilo. You were fine. No, well, that's the smallest box you could buy, which is pretty regular at Costco. Yeah, I didn't ever get to buying the giant box of cherry ripes mm. one day that's my white whale yeah <laughs> i imagine you and i sitting across the table going cherry ripe for cherry ripe at that stage <laughs> cherry ripe for a cherry ripe and the loser has to eat the rest of the uh, jelly beans <laughs> right what else have you been playing uh not much i've been spending a little bit of time in street fighter 5 i found that there was a guy called joe monday 
Mundy, M-U-N-D-A-Y. And he's a mod over at R Street Fighter at Reddit. And he's written a book. A book? He's written a book. He's written a book called uh, Geef's Gym, A Guide to Street Fighter V. Because he found that when Street Fighter V first released, it wasn't a complete game. They didn't. They had a training mode, but it didn't really have a method in the training mode that was good for new players. It just kind of threw you in and it gave you the command list and you could do, you can kind of look it up and then figure out how to do all the... Does any fighting game give you a good training mode? I think there are some. I think, uh, from what I can recall, uh, Mortal Kombat's got a good one and mm. Skullgirl has apparently got a good one as well. Okay. So, um, he's written a guide, I think, that was originally posted on Reddit about how to go from an absolute beginner Street Fighter player to a skilled Street Fighter player. And that's taking someone who has zero knowledge on how to play. So, for instance, the very first lesson is figuring out the distance that your normal attacks cover. So, what you would do is you would get Ryu and you would fight against Ryu. You'd take Ryu 1 and get the maximum distance away that your light punch will hit. Then you would execute the punch, walk to the other side of the screen and then back and then you would attempt the punch again. And you have to hit that punch 10 times in a row without missing. And then you can move on to medium punch. And then if you miss one of the light punches, you start 10 again. And then it obviously goes all the way through all of your normals. And it's actually really, really eye-opening to see the distances that each of the normal attacks cover. Because there's a, there's a big difference between a light punch and a heavy kick. It's almost five to six times the distance. You, you can hit a heavy kick from a fair distance away. Mm. So how much of this is transferable to other fighting games? I think the, the learning system is transferable to a certain extent because mm. I think in a couple of lessons time there is um, crossovers. So that's jumping from in front of a character to just over their head and kicking or punching so that the attack happens on the opposite side of them. So it's just harder for them to mm. block. I'm not sure whether things like King of Fighters and other things would, would have that, but I think the basics and just taking each of the characters and kind of learning the simple things and breaking it down. I think the, the overarching system you could kind of apply to a few fighting games, but this one's mm. specifically for Street Fighter. It does end up going into quite detailed bits about, yeah, crossovers and all that kind of stuff, parries and all that kind of palaver. But that's so this good. is a problem that I have constantly with fighting games is that I understand the basics. I understand quarter circle forward. I understand all of that stuff. Um, but it seems to jump straight from that to frame counting and stuff that is um, either difficult to learn or very game specific. So being good at one doesn't necessarily make you good at another one, like say a strategy game or a first person shooter would work. Yeah, I think uh, the thing with fighting games is that you do have to, almost get comfortable with them you have to get comfortable with them enough that the regular movements and the regular attacks you don't think about those anymore it's kind of like driving a car like when you're driving a car you're freaking out and like you have to think about every single gear change and you have to think about every turn of the wheel whereas now having driven a car for however many years now all that stuff i don't even think about that just happens i think the more you play with a fighting game that stuff goes into the back and you can then concentrate on the meta game rather than having to concentrate on the finicky okay. things but I think every fighting game's a little bit different, and that's the problem that, like, if you try to play 20 different ones, they're all going to be slightly different, and you're only ever going to hit a certain level. But that's mm. kind of where I am. I've played a lot of fighting games up until a certain point, 
And I think the time that I got the best at fighting games was when we were playing a lot and it was Soul Calibur 2 and Gary Mark of the Wolves mm. and it was forcing me to kind of go, all right, no, I'm going to go and I'm going to learn this character so I can beat you next time. And that's when I got the best of it. Well, Gary was the only game where I've ever formed a cohesive strategy with Terry, which was like, if they come at me from low, throw the thing along the ground that he does. If they come at me high, do uh, a, a quarter circle forward kick. Yeah. And that was that was my two go-to things was, was what way you come at me, I'm going to be on off- offense yeah. on that plane, I guess. Yeah, and I think that's the start of going a little bit deeper in because then I think from there you would try gauging what attacks someone else was throwing and then blocking mm. up low or high and then also um, just kind of reading the space a little bit more and not yeah. just trying to get the supers out. And then I think from there, then you would start to go, okay, well, I can throw some bread and butter combos in there, like a two or four hit combo. You could do like a medium and a heavy kick and you might find that those might combo together. So it's just trying to, oops, I just hit my mic. I have perfect mic technique, everybody. Mm, Hands on the desk. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just trying to learn the really simple combos. So then you can chain a couple of attacks together because I'm starting to now be able to do a two-hit combo and then cancel that two-hit combo into a super. And I understand how that works now. And it's just a matter of being calm enough to do it in the middle of a match rather than just in the training area. Yeah. I did like, though, that in the Street Fighter training area, I think it was Street Fighter 4. I can't remember which one I was playing. But um, Dan was the training dummy. And uh, and, uh, rather than just wearing his regular gear, he had on protective headgear and padding and everything. (laughs) Really like a baseball. um, Yeah. Right, yeah. I appreciated that little attention to detail there. Are people happy with the game now or is people still upset? Uh, people are still kind of frustrated with just the way it's been rolled out. I think it suffers from the fact it's a good game caught in really bad marketing and really bad release. Although I did see a headline that apparently there's been a character that they've found who people are asking for it to be nerfed because it's starting to break games. But we'll mm. see. And there's then questions about whether do you nerf a character or do you then bring all the other characters up, and is it a better thing to pull? Yeah, well, uh, I read something during the week that said you should always buff, but having lived through World of Warcraft and other MMO inflation um, events, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, I don't know. But if anyone's interested in Geef's Gym, there should be a link somewhere on uh, R Street Fighter in Reddit, or you can look for a site called fullmeter.com, and they run a thing called Frame Assistant Tool or FAT, and that has ah, Geeks okay. Gym in there, and you can also download it as an iPhone or an iPad app. He also has released a hard copy book, hard copy and Kindle book as well. So if you're that way inclined and you want to give him some money, order his book. It's a good one. Okay. And that's where I am. Yep. Not much, but a lot at the same time. Uh, we're going to move on to some weekly topics. Uh mm. The first one we're going to talk about is the, let's see, um, there are certain DSiWare games that are being removed from the DSiWare store, and there's been a call out on some game historian, historical forums uh, mm. that they're looking for dumps of certain games. There was a guy called Scyther Grovel. I'm not sure whether that's his internet handle or his actual name. If that's his actual name, hello, Scyther Grovel, you have an awesome name. Um, mm. He is founder of uh, Retro Herner, which is a Czech-based video game museum. And he tweeted this week looking for help trying to find dumps of these DSiWare games because they are in danger of vanishing for good. He had a link to a no intro forum 
uh, No Intro is a group who put together .dat files for ROMs that give a little bit of context and extra info to the ROMs. So rather than the ROMs just kind of going out there by themselves with the raw files, things like CLR main pro and whatever use these dat files to make sure that the list that they have of the ROMs is the best set because there are a lot of bad dumps and there are a lot of fakes and things like that out there. So these guys kind yep. of look for the best stuff and try to have the most perfect, cleanest set, I suppose. But there was a post right, on well. that forum about a bunch of games that are in danger of never being able to be dumped because no one's really gotten around to getting these weird DSiWare games. I could read out a couple, but there are there's a bunch of Japanese ones that I will most likely butcher the pronunciation of. Uh, <laughs> Artist ni naro kaguro ni sketch. There's a whole bunch of those. Um, some of them like. Is this happening in Japan only? Is it? Uh, no, there's a bunch of Japanese ones. There's a USA Real Soccer 2010. Things like in Europe, like the European version of City Transport Map Volume One and City Transport Map Volume Two. Real Football 2009. I think there might even be some Australian ones, but they currently don't have info on which ones they've got and which ones are going to be leaving. Um, there's a bunch of Korean games. Apparently, the European store is already closed. So, um, right. unless, you know, someone's got a copy of some obtuse European game, uh, some city game, I think uh, they're going to be out of luck. But I think they'll just keep looking for these games to dump. But it is. So, this is because they're closing the entire store? They're closing the DSiWare store, yes. Right, and people won't be able to download games they've already purchased. No, well, that's the other thing. If you've got any DSiWare games or if uh, you have purchased any DSiWare games and you haven't got them on any hardware, now's the time you should download them because mm. you won't be able to do that. Our worst fear is about digital distribution come true. Yeah, exactly. And almost the game uh, preservation. That's the word I was looking for. I know words. Yep. Uh, the game preservation area of the internet is starting to pay off. Because who's going to be able to play any of these games? Who's going to be able to play City Transport Map Volume 1, 2009, in the future? And you know, No, well, yeah. You, you kind of want a full, a full collection of a console's offerings because, you know, that's how you gauge what it was like. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm making fun of City Transport Map Volume 1, but it does give you a good perspective on where the whole console was. Mm. So, yeah, well... Uh- so I don't even have any DSiWare games, but um, I'm sure that there are heaps of people out there who do. Well, I don't actually even own the uh, any of the associated consoles, so I'm fine. But, you know, you, you don't want stuff you've paid money for to vanish overnight. I'm dealing with that at the moment with my Trackmania United key, uh, oh, okay. which was either used on an old account or um, or something. I don't know what the hell's happened, but... Uh, even I've I've got the same email address going back probably about fifteen years at this point, and I can't find an account connected to that old email address. But sort of emailing Ubisoft and saying, "Hey, can you take my key off whatever it's associated with and associate it with me? Here's my proof of purchase." Yeah, they go, "No, no, we no, we can't do that. No explanation, no nothing." And so my recourse was to head to the Twitter and say to the Trackmania people, "Hey, um, I've." can't use my game anymore uh and joe from ubisoft and yes joe from ubisoft i'm talking about you is useless uh and they said oh ubisoft can recover the account for you so apparently i didn't use the right magic words i said can can you recover the account for me that would have been fine 
So now I sent that to Joe at Ubisoft and that confused him and he's had to escalate it. And so now it's off wherever escalations go in Ubisoft. There's some other email box where no one Mm. reads it. Yeah, probably. So I am going through that uh, with Ubisoft at the moment. And this was supposed to be a test for when I tried to do the same thing with From Dust, which is another Ubisoft game that I've got that may be associated with an old Uplay account before I started to take Uplay seriously. Um, So I'm not hopeful about getting that one back. But yeah, this... This is a lot harder than it should be. Yeah, I'm actually finding the same, like a whole bunch of games that I wanted to play really desperately and they needed a login or a password and I've just thrown an email address in just to get it out of the, out of the way and to mm. get on to playing the game. And then I'm kind of going back and going, oh, no, now I need to remember that email address I took out the back and burned because it was getting so much spam. Now I have to, mm. like, luckily I'm in charge of that email address, so I, I didn't actually delete it. I've just disabled it. So I turn it back mm. on and then try and kind of restore some stuff. So I'm, I'm slowly working my way through a whole bunch of old things and moving across to my new email address. And I'm actually making a note of which accounts I've got where. And But I'm always finding new stuff. Mm. Well, all of mine point to the same email address now. All of my old email aliases just turned into aliases and pointed at the new one. Yeah, yeah. So, Well, unfortunately, you know, I didn't want all the extra spam that came with that. Yeah, that, that can be tough at times, but I'm dealing with it. <laughs> So, yeah, I think my Marvel Heroes uh, 2016 account is um, tied to a certain email address and they won't let oh, me yeah. change it unless I I send them three forms of identification and pray to multiple gods that they're kind enough to do so. So mm. that's the real sticking point one for me at the moment, but I'll yeah. see if I can work through it. Funnily enough, before... All of this came about. We played games just fine without online accounts. Yes. Sort of locking them to things. Especially offline games. Hmm. Not not really impressed with all of this. I understand why they do it, but yeah, it's um it's a shame. Because they want your sweet data that they can then sell to other people for money. Well that and they want to protect their game from, from piracy. Oh that old I'm, thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well I can understand why they do it, but it shouldn't yeah. affect me. No, and I think that's originally what stopped me from playing Diablo 3 because I remember when that came mm. out, that was an always-on game for what was seemingly a single-player experience. So I think yeah. I got turned off that for a couple of years but ended up just buying it because I think that type of thing's now become a little bit more ubiquitous and it yeah. really affected me less. I mean, I'm, I'm always generally close to an internet connection or have an internet connection somewhere, but I know people aren't as fortunate and some, some people just mm. don't. No. I make a few exceptions for games like Hitman, but I will usually avoid always online if I know it exists. Yeah. All right. Well, that's okay. the Sideway Games. If you've got any of those games, I'd, I'll actually put the link to the forum and the tweet in the show notes this week. And if you've got any of those games or you want to help out, sling them over. Yeah. Find your copy of City Transport Map Volume 1, 2009, if you're in Europe. Okay. Or Real Football 2010, if you're in Korea. They play football in Korea. Uh, I'm sure it's soccer. Mm. They play soccer. Okay. Or the, the Japanese version of At Sports Pro Baseball 2010. I think you're milking it now. Earthworm Jim. Really, Earthworm Jim. Yeah, the DSIWA game, Earthworm Jim. Mm. All right, I'm going to stop reading random games out now, and we're going to move on. Uh, the next story is the Zenimax Oculus verdict. Oh, yes. Do you want to talk a bit about this one while I take a drink? 
Sure, I can talk about this one. So uh, a verdict was reached last week uh, and Oculus are being forced to pay half a billion dollars. Um, That's a lot of money. It is. Uh, it is the future of video gaming, though. How much, what price would you put on the future of video gaming? I know, it is one of those things where you think, oh, man, this is so bad for the VR industry, which is still burgeoning and still in its really form that if anything kind of hits it too hard, it's going to go away or it can't really afford this hit. But then you kind of think it's big enough that someone is suing somebody else for a lot of money because they believe in this tech enough. So it's kind of mm. it's kind of a hard thing. Yeah. Uh, reading through all of it and everyone's reaction and what sort of happened with Oculus and Facebook and John Carmack and ZeniMax. I can see sort of fault on both sides. I can see ZeniMax being a little bit too zealous and and almost acting in a way where they're looking to enforce software patents, which I absolutely hate. Yeah. But I can see sort of Oculus at the same time presenting a a public face, which is different from their private face. Um, yeah, and like you'd have to be stupid to think that, that doesn't happen. I know a lot of people mm. are shocked when a company does one thing in the public and then they find out later that yeah. they did something else, but that's just the way business works. Mm. So, yeah, <laughs> probably the most telling thing from all of this is that nobody's mentioned the Vive. They seem to have, I mean, I know they're not directly involved in this, but you'd think that that any sort of grab for the future of, of video, and I know I keep saying that, and it's kind of a joke that um, I'm not really sure VR is the future of video gaming, but the you know Vive seems to have escaped unharmed from this. Everybody likes them. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, it's a it's a kind of an odd one. I, I'm with Carmack when he says, "Look, I you know I know what I wrote, and it wasn't this." And their expert is not really an expert if he goes and says things like that because you know John Carmack's a good guy. He's given back to the community, he's open source things, he's fixed bugs in drivers, and you kind of have to take him on face value because he's always been that guy who's been okay about everything. Yeah, but then he does something like he actually takes files on a USB from when he leaves ID and goes to work mm. for Oculus off the server. And they could have been not the same files or they could have been, it could have been completely yep. innocent, but the very fact yep. that, that that action took place is... Yeah. Not really helped. Or, you know, it could have just been been his personal files that are on there for whatever reason. Yeah. Because chances are he's done a bit of coding there. Hmm. Yeah. That seems to be something that he likes to do as code. Yeah. Um, but they didn't target him directly. They just used no. him as a conduit to get money out of Oculus. You know, and Facebook. Yeah. Or, or, or money out of Facebook yeah, in this case. Yeah. Facebook paid $2 billion for Oculus all up. And I think um, ZeniMax were after the whole... Two billion plus an extra four billion really? damages. Yeah, wow. But they ended up getting the half a billion dollars. I wonder how much Zenimax paid for ID. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. That would be interesting because they, you know, you would imagine that um, John Carmack would come. Well, I guess he's a fairly highly prized acquisition in that acquisition. Yeah, well, he's um, probably the acquisition in the acquisition. Mm, I mean, I guess he's. Free to come and go as he pleases. You're not tied to one single workplace unless yeah. you're like the Bi- Bioware guys where when they sold to EA, they had to stay around for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Well, I mean, he probably um, had a clause in there as well. Like maybe when they were selling ID, and I'm, this is only purely conjecture. I'm making this up. I'm not a lawyer or even knowledgeable, but he may have had a year or two that he had to stay there so that 
It wasn't like they bought him and then the next day Carmack yep. leaves. That'd send real bad signs to investors. He's he's got a wrestling contract where he has to stay at home and he can't go and wrestle for the WCW. I think they call it gardening leave, right. where they don't want you working there because you're no longer really a part of the company, but they don't want you working anywhere else. So mm. you're free to go home and work on your garden. <laughs> I've known a, a few CEOs who have had to take gardening leave. Right. That sounds fun. I wish I could get in on that. Yeah, I know. My garden could do with some work. Yeah, so it's difficult to know what to make of this whole thing other than it seems that probably the only people who win are the lawyers and the expert witnesses on both sides. Yeah, the lawyers, the witnesses, and um, the Vive. Mm. And and that's the thing, like, um, Zenimax are also seeking an injunction to stop the sale of Oculus Rift headsets, at least temporarily, while they figure out what to do next, like whether they... Mm whether they take a chunk of each Oculus because it still uses their code or supposedly uses their code. Do I have to still say yep. supposedly if I got handed down with a judge? I don't know. Uh, I guess you probably do. You can you say it so just in case that it's overturned or something <laughs> like that. So, yeah, I mean, Oculus is looking a little bit... If you had to choose now between Oculus and the Vive, I'd probably choose a Vive, even though... Yeah, I'd choose a Vive too. Even though, like, I was starting to tilt towards oculus because they had the better controller Mm. so it's a bit weird yeah see for me i bought a development kit one for the rift just to see what it was like it's like vomit (laughs) well actually it wasn't like vomit the only way i could make myself sick on that thing and this is probably years and years of first person shooter games was if i stood up on the roller coaster and swung my head from side to side (laughs) as it was going down a um a, uh, a a big sort of hill. Uh, and the only other way was I had um, a Macross game that someone had made for the Oculus, and the only way I could make myself sick in that was to just repeatedly barrel roll while turning my head and looking looking behind me. <laughs> God. And that, that was as close as I could get to sick. Now, my dad, when he put it on, immediately took it off and said, I can't do this. Yeah, see, I wasn't bad when I first tried it. I remember I, I, I first tried yours, but I was exhausted and I was feeling a little bit Sweaty. Sweaty anyway, and I eventually got pretty ill because of it. But I, mm. but ever since then, I've, I haven't had an issue. Yeah. See, early on, Oculus were pushing that thing of, like, John Carmack's helping us out, and we're a small, scrappy yeah. startup, and we're doing all these things, and then it's suddenly, oh, we're sold to Facebook. And so the story that the perception that they've got out there has changed, and you know, it's probably a little bit petty of me to um, to sort of hold that uh, against them. Of course, they're going to sell their company when it becomes profitable yeah, for them course. to do so. Everyone wants $2 billion. Um, yeah. But for me, it kind of smacks of saying one thing and doing another thing. It is that perception of, you know, you started on Kickstarter. The, mm. the uh, community's helped you get to where you are and now you're profiteering. But that is business and... Mm. Kind of, it is a two-bladed sword. It is that public slash yep. business perspective. Yeah. Well, see, so yeah. Now, now I don't know what to make of this court decision. I mean, it, it seems weird in a way that uh, a jury of people are deciding damages and things like that. And I mean, I know I've been on a jury before, and so like, f- you know, five was it five hundred million? Yeah. They yeah. awarded half a billion. So five hundred million. Yeah. If I twist my brain, I can sort of see, yeah, I can see how a jury would be okay with that because I had to decide whether somebody killed somebody else or not. Yeah, I've never been so on a jury. There's sort of a lot of 
you know, the, the stakes are different, but they're the same at the same time. Like you're deciding what happens to, to somebody for the rest of their life or you're deciding what happens to a huge chunk of money. Yeah. Um, but there was a sort of enough people in that room that extreme views were kind of moderated and a consensus was reached. So I could see how they would get there. But then again, in Australia, we don't decide on actual sentences. We don't decide on monetary. They're not rewards. What would you call them? Penalties? You know, not penalties. Yeah, penalties or... Uh, in that case, the judge takes the jury's decision, compensation, and uses it as a guide, mm. uh, which would make me a little bit more comfortable in that sort of situation. Yeah. And I also yeah. think that there is a, a tendency in those instances where um, people are after um, compensation that you generally kind of hit to the highest number that you can possibly even justify, mm. knowing that you probably get less, but it's better to overshoot. Yeah. But that's the legal system. Hmm. Oh, all it does for us is makes us decide whether we get a rift or a vive or yeah. which one we support. Yeah. Yeah. Or a Sony VR, maybe. If it works on PC, I guess, because I'm not buying two, two of these things because they're real expensive. Yeah. I don't think it does. I'm hoping somebody fixes it eventually so it does. It's the only way to play Res Infinite in VR. Yeah, I guess. I have to do that one day. <laughs> all right. I'd say we probably both do. There it is. Semi-informatic. Your one-stop shop for legal advice. Not legal advice. Never follow not legal, legal advice. No, do do not do not take legal advice from us. All right, and now we're going to move on quickly before we get sued into letting off steam. Hey, actually, I had um, I was so caught up in the Oculus discussion, I didn't realize letting off steam was next. Um, you know what? I honestly look forward to this every week. This is the segment right. I look forward to. Okay, mostly because of um, the jaunty music. It is very jaunty. So our first game uh, is Street Fighter V. Hey! Uh, and it's a negative review from Silver Gunner with 10.1 hours. And his review is, this review will be available as a free update in March. That review checks out. Yes. <laughs> well done. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you, Capcom. <laughs> um, next, we have a positive review from the almighty Tenon with... 746.4 hours in Street Fighter V. There's a man who's going to Evo. Mm, well, his review is, Game finally works for me now. We'll update review after winning the Capcom Cup. <laughs> well, um, he's probably got a good chance. Yes. Uh, for the next review, I went to Conan Exiles, which we'll probably be talking about in games that came out this week. Um, so it's one of those survival games like Ark or uh, Seven Days to Die. Yep. It's sort of built on the Conan universe. So sort of low magic, fantasy. Alex Schwarzenegger. Um, yeah, lots of naked people. And there are naked people. So this is the first negative review from Schwartz Bruder, who has 0.4 hours. It says, Imagine a Venn diagram between Ark and Rust with all the worst features inside the intersection. Now take that intersection and label it Conan Exiles. <laughs> Our next review is a positive review from Ragnar Lod. His review is... Actually, I forgot to write down how many hours he had. Um, Endowment, breast size, slider, and genital physics. Game of the year. (laughs) We will broach that subject more shortly. Imagine being the designer who got that Mm. that little section of the game. It's like, all right, so you get just like the way rocks fall and just gravity. Yeah. Please don't be pressed. Please don't be pressed, you dicks. Oh, fuck. (laughs) They actually had How am I going to explain this to mom? Um, amnesia. 
So there's like a section where you come across a whole bunch of dead male bodies, like just in a pile. Yep. And they've all sort of got realistically sized dicks. Yep. And it kind of just makes it more horrifying <laughs> in a weird way. <laughs> just just because, it, 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 you know, when something like that's missing from a dead body in a video game, it kind of stands out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just the fact that it was there kind of made it sort of normal in a terrifying way. Yeah, it's just that extra level that breaks it out of the uncanny valley into mm. uncanny yeah. penises. So our last uh, letting off steam is Grand Theft Auto V, which is a positive review from Anomaly. He has 81.2 hours. Uh, drove over a hooker and she got sucked on my windshield and we went on an adventure. 10 out of 10. Sounds like Grand Theft Auto. Sounds like Grand Theft Auto. Now, uh, we've got a negative review from BasidioXD, who has 134.4 hours, so he's been playing the online game. Yes. He talks to a particular issue with the older versions of the game and the PC version, and he simply called the game Grand Cheat Auto 5 Online. Ah, I see what he did there. Mm. W- what was the issue back then? It was... Uh, well, it's still an issue on the PC, is that hackers get into the game and um, and change things, and then... If you've been a recipient of a hacker, you might get banned. And right. There's a whole bunch of stuff around that, which is why Chris and I don't talk to anyone. So I thought the hacking was just around the money. Like, you, you could just give yourself heaps mm. and heaps of money, which I didn't think was a really bad thing because like, the money just was just dicking around money anyway, wasn't it? Yep. But then... there, Well, the money kind of forms the basis for the whole... Well, so one of the two bases for the whole thing. Things unlock as you rank up, but you also need to be able to afford them. So high-end apartments and and private jets and really fast cars and things like that usually cost money and you need to be a certain rank yeah, but to get them. Do they change the game, though? Is it always just you've just yeah. got a faster car? Uh, well, no, they... Well, I think maybe by do they change the game. Yeah, they're constantly adding new, new stuff to it. Um... I'm not sure because I haven't gotten that far yet. Okay. I'll let you know if we keep playing it. All right. Or or maybe you can come and play and be part of our crew. I do have that game. I just haven't. I will become part of the crew. Let's do it. Mm. I'm going to become a yep. Grand Theft Auto. You can steal cars as well or repossess cars. And I will say. I? You will. Mm. That's it for letting off steam this week. All right. That was good. I enjoyed that. Looking forward to next mm. week's letting off steam. Uh, we're going to move into fully informatic. The corrections segment. Uh, I honestly mm. thought that there'd be more corrections, but I left it pretty late to even think about the corrections, so I only found two. So my two corrections that uh, Lepaka does not appear on the TV series Lucha Underground. The chairman. No, yeah, he was last seen though in uh, Conseo. I'm going to say this wrong because it's Mexican. Conseo Mundial de Lucha Libre, which is the Mexican wrestling league in Mexico. Smooth. Mm. But he has since been thrown out of the CMLL for violating the rules of the CMLL by insulting a Mexican crowd. Is this a storyline? No, this is the or real is this life. For real. Right. Sometimes the, it blurs. But uh, you see, yeah, La Parca <laughs> is no longer in the Mexican Wrestling League. Well, that just opens him up for Lucha Underground. It does. It? But, you know, that was back in 2015. So I Googled La Parca and I found a picture that looks like Diamond Dallas Page wearing the La Parca. Um, <laughs> Outfit, is it? He probably would have done that. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't think I've ever seen this photo before, and it's the best thing ever. Can you send that to me, and I'm going to make that the picture for this week's I podcast. sure will. <laughs> it's coming across right now. Is he uh, doing the thing with his hands? No, but he's he's in a very DDP-like pose. All right. That's definitely going to be the picture. 
Yeah. Um, All right. And then the second correction was I quite hyperbolically, hyperbolically, is that right? Hyperbole? Hyperbole? I said that Picross 3D Around 2 was literally a single screen game, which is incorrect because the top screen is actually used, but it's not really used for anything crucial. I was being, I was, I was, I think I meant to say figuratively. It does use the two screens, but it would work perfectly fine on a single screen device like an iPhone. Somebody release it for iPhone, please, because it's a great game. And you're tired of cutting your DS around. I am a little bit because I've got the 3DS XL, which is just big enough to fit in my pocket, but it sticks out a bit. It's not really super portable. Okay. All right, there it is, fully informatic. I don't have any corrections this week because I'm perfect. Yes, and I am not perfect this week. If anyone mm. has corrections, please send them in. Semicast. Or I have strong opinions and I don't want to correct them. <laughs> That's the same thing. I honestly mm. believe that everyone should think that everything that they say is the truth, but mm. they should be willing for things to be wrong. Except for you. You're not willing for things to be wrong. No. All right. Uh, send in any corrections to semicast at semiinformatic.com. Almost forgot the email address. Or if you just want to say hi. Ask us a question. I'll be more than happy to read out our very first question, which mm. we don't have yet. Uh, no. Probably sometime around episode 87. Yeah, that'll be great. I'll be good at pronouncing things by then. All right. Um, what haven't we been playing? I like this little section as well because everyone always does what we have been playing, but there's always kind of a nice little story behind why we haven't been playing things. Um, yeah, I haven't been playing Hitman. I have been mostly playing because uh, you have been mostly because uh, my CPU is too slow to record it for the site, and I want to record it for the site, so it makes me annoyed, and I don't play it. It's good that they're still really. It's good that you still want to play it, but they are still releasing elusive targets and mm. levels for that game, even when they're probably hard at work on season two. Yeah, hopefully they're hard at work on season two. I'm looking forward to it. I think there was even rumors of season three, so. They've got some plans. Mm. Well, we can only hold our breath and wait. Yep. I haven't been playing Doom because um, my PC has been using, been kind of rendering videos and things, and I haven't mm. been wanting to interrupt it. But I do want to get back in there and play. I did hit hell. That sounds strangely like me. Yeah, just rendering and uploading files. Rendering videos and uploading files to Glacier. I will try and wedge Doom into my schedule for next week mm. or this week. Um, next is the releases of the week. Uh, anything that's Yay. taking your fancy apart from nudity? Well, well, it is just nudity, yeah. isn't it? Um, well, we had Conan Exiles Early Access, which is a Funcom joint. Um, now Funcom's a bit weird and occasionally you get real good stuff and occasionally you just get something that sort of doesn't really stand up. The Secret World, fantastic writing, very average gameplay. Yeah. Conan, so like they did Age of Conan, um, and funnily enough, um, the Age of Conan art book has full frontal female nudity in it. Does it have full frontal male nudity in it? I'm not sure. I I just remember flicking through the art book, because I bought the special edition when it came out, and it's like, yep, 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 oh, hey. Um, (laughs) Warn me next time. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, Funcom's a European company. Funcom is Funcom. Yep. So they are okay with putting it in the game. And I believe the character creation has you up on the Tree of Woe, if you're familiar with that in the Conan universe, kind of like being crucified. Yep. Um, and your ding is right there for everyone to see, and you can adjust the size of it. Can you adjust it while, it, while you're hanging up there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how you do character creation. Oh, awesome. Um, you get extra stack if yours is bigger or smaller? Um, I don't think so, but a bunch of reviews that I found when I tried to find reviews for Conan mentioned that they could finally make 
their perfect character have a micro penis. So you would think that I was tempted tempted to have a look, but it's not. It's getting very average average reviews. You would think that someone with a smaller penis would be more agile because it wouldn't be flopping around as much. Mm. Whereas if you went bigger, you you might have maybe yep. a better center of gravity, but maybe not be able to move as fast. Yeah, it's like how trees uh, fight against the wind because there's so many branches and leaves that when they sort of move in the wind, it helps keep them stable because they're all moving in opposite directions. Yeah, yeah, you sh- yeah, yeah. Funk on, get on. We that. should have more, more, more penises so it can be more stable in inclement weather and better stats for penises. Mm. We're gonna get chilies on iTunes after this, aren't we? I want a paid penis expansion for just penises and the stats thereof. I think you're getting into Skyrim mods here. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's why it's Conan Exiles, because then yes. those guys aren't allowed back in. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> and the other release of the week is uh, obviously Fire Emblem Heroes, which, um, look, get it, pick it up, play it. It's a nice intro to Fire Emblem. I can see probably checking back into it every now and again. I want to see if this mm. wall that I'm at of of kind of not being able to progress in the story because I'm not high level enough and then not having enough little bits and pieces to to level up my characters enough is a temporary thing or whether it's it feels like and it and it most likely isn't I'm sure they've spent more time than this on it but it feels like that they just got to a point couldn't balance it any further and just thought oh fuck yeah. it let's just make them pay money to get past this hard bit yeah but who knows there you go that's kind yeah. of it and we're all we're all wrapped up and done um. Coming up on the site this week, uh, today we mm. had a, the Witness video pop up. Yep. I was going to show my wife that because I'm sure that she'd be interested interested in a puzzle game. Yep. Uh, oh, I spoil some of the puzzles. Oh, so. do you? That's all right. Yeah. Only the first couple. I'm, I'll just tell her to close her eyes and listen to yep. the video. And then I solve a puzzle live that I've never solved before. Ooh. And then I try to do it again and can't do it. So <laughs> like, ah, you can solve that one. Brilliant piece of video content there. Yep. Uh, and this week I attempt uh, Hitman Elusive Target number 19, the Blackmailer in Paris, mm. one of my favourite levels. Please watch and see how that goes. It's um, something something special. It sure sounds like it. <laughs> and uh, what else we got? So uh, I've got Mini Metro coming up later in the week, which is a little puzzle game about building uh, rail lines between stations. Oh, I've um, seen that on the good App game. Store, on the iOS App Store. Mm. Was that an iPad game first, or was it a PC game first that they've just moved across? Or I have no idea. Fully informatic next week. Yep. Yeah, now I'm going to have to research it. <laughs> cool. Well, that sounds interesting, because I've been seeing that game pop up around, so I'll be interested to see what you think about it. And then mm. we've got Friday Night Fights again. Last week we did uh, King of Fighters 98, uh, The Dream Match Never Ends, and I got my ass handed to me by the... PC controlled characters. I tried to do an online game, but there was only one guy online, and I sat there for five minutes waiting for him to accept my my game, and he didn't. So I just, just moved on with my life. Um, but uh, well, I'm sure we'll find something good for the next one. I'm still hoping that I might get an Injustice Two beta key, but I haven't got oh. one yet. And Tekken Two, uh, sorry, Tekken Two, Tekken Seven is coming out at some point, which I'm hoping to grab a copy of as well. Mm, 3D fighters. Who would have thought? I know. I'm waiting for the 4D fighter, the VR. No, that is, that is, one, that, one that moves through time? Yeah. I was going to say VR is still 3D. Uh, yeah, it's the right. one that moves through time. You start off okay. in AD and you eventually go all the way through to 2016 and then go back. Didn't the History Channel have a fighting game like 
where you it was different time periods. Could you download it and play it, or was it just on the? Was it just a video? No, it was a game. Oh, I want to find um, it now. It was called the uh, Ultimate. Yeah, I can't remember it. Yeah, after well, we're fully informatic for that one. We'll next find week, it, I guess. And if we find it by Friday, I'll play it on Friday Night Fights. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I find it now. You have to play it. <laughs> I knew that that would give you the imperatus to actually find it. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you for listening. It's been fun again. Yep. Uh, this is episode five. Uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. See you later.